Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Dart Depot is proud to be partnering with SENZ to bring you the very best in darts. 180! Talking darts, this is At The Oki on SENZ. And welcome into At The Oki here with Ben Francis on SENZ. It's just me here tonight with Ben Rob away. But man, he is a very, very good reason for not being here. That is because earlier today, he qualified for the PDC World Darts Championship for the third time. Ben came through a gruelling Dart Players New Zealand Top 16 playoff down in Dunedin, eventually beating Hopai Puha 8-4 in the final to book his ticket to London later this year. Massive, massive congratulations go to you, Ben, and he will be joining us us uh, later on in the program because I think he is currently uh, in the air on his way back to Auckland. What a massive achievement. That'll be his third time there playing at the PDC World Darts Championship. Boy, that top 16 playoff was a grueler today down in Dunedin. Some absolute big names taking part. As I said, Ben Robb, Hopai Puha reaching the final. It started off uh, 16 men in four groups of four. Then straight down to the top eight where we had Ben Robb, Jack Shepard, Jamie Roberts, Hopai Puha. Ben and Hope's coming out of that one in that group. And the other group, Warren Parry, John Hurring, Jimmy Samuels and Darren Hedewini. Lots of those players have been in really good form of late, but Darren topped the group. John Hurring coming runner-up in that one. Semi-finals time, Ben beat John, Hopai beat Darren. And then the final... Absolutely incredible. Ben averaging just under 100 with a 1-4-4 finished in there as well. So massive congratulations to all the guys who took part in that one. But it's not all over for our Kiwi dart players. There will be another chance for another New Zealander to qualify for the PDC World Darts Championships later on this year over in Australia with the Oceanic Masters taking place next weekend. And coming up very, very soon, we're going to have Mickey Brock from the Darts Down Under podcast to look ahead to that. And he's going to tell us which Australian players we should keep an eye out on uh, because Raymond Smith has already qualified. He was the Dart Players Australia qualifier. And then there is the one spot left for... Anyone in the Oceanic region, uh, New Zealander has had a couple of qualifiers come out of that one, so we're looking forward to that. And of course, later on, uh, Ben Robb will join the show. As I said, he's usually here. He's usually very, very good, but you can forgive him for this one. If you have any questions you want uh, me to ask Ben, 
call me 0800 150 811 or flick me a text on 8833 and of course at the Yockey proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot Dart, Dart Boards, Lighting and more the Dart Depot uh, we had that today with Ben Rob qualifying for the PDC World Darts Championships but it's been a very very busy last couple of weeks in the world of darts. If you remember our last show, we had Phil Bars on from uh, Online Darts uh, to preview the uh, World Grand Prix, which took place, and Michael Van Gerwen came out on top in that one, beating Nathan Aspinall in the final, and we will hear from uh, Michael Van Gerwen a little later on. And this morning, actually, and this is something else we're going to talk to Mickey with about Damon Hetter, the Australian number one. He won his first European Tour title event in Gibraltar. He beat Peter Wright 8-7 in the final. A gripping, gripping final that one was. If you have not seen the end of it, I recommend you watch it. It is literally the definition, the definition of tension. Both players, hands on their head, missing opportunities to win turning away they could not watch their opponents throwing for the winning double and opportunity after opportunity came for both players but Damon Hetter hit double four to win his first European tour title and massive congratulations to him he had been in a little bit of a form slump he will admit himself but it was great great to see him back in the winner's circle if you don't have access to watch it why don't you listen to it? I think you might be able to feel that tension. Peter Wright, the winner of seven European Tour titles, including five in that vintage year of 2017, had to wait a long time to get back into the winner's circle earlier this year, and he's now looking at double 20 for an 8-7 win that would break the heart of Damon Hetter, who's played so well this weekend. Hetter hoping and praying, and he's back at the hockey. Right. Rob, you called it halfway through the leg, but there might be mismatched darts on both. Well, two have come and gone for Peter Wright. Damon Hetter. 110 points away. And he's in. Pick your route, Damon. Double 16. For the title. Oh, just the wrong side of the wire. You called it, Rob. Mismatched darts. Drama throughout the weekend. It's all come down to this. Peter Wright with three more to lift the trophy. He's missed two already, but he's got three clear shots now at double 20. Hetter can only hope and pray once again, but here we go. It's a long way inside for double 10. Anxious times here for Peter Wright. That one's nudged the wire. And that one's nudged the wire on the other side. And Damon Hetter lives to fight another day. Oh, can you believe this? Similar to the Peter Wright Dimitri Vandenberg game in the World Grand Prix, but Damon Hetter is in dreamland. Peter Wright can't believe it. Hetter for the match and the title. Two missed. Three missed. Peter Wright can't look. Oh, Damon Hetter, what have you done? Four missed match starts from Hetter. Five from Peter Wright. And Peter Wright just simply cannot believe that he is returning. But he's returning at double five. And this is potentially awkward. And he has come inside. He'll only get one clear data, a double now. And he's punched his score. Wow, wow, wow. Peter Wright misses the big number. Damon Hetter can't believe it. He's going to get more darts for the title. 
If you can believe that, we thought there'd be costly doubles, but we didn't see that coming. A missed. Oh, the one careless, but Hetter just got to steady himself. Peter Wright can't believe it. And Damon Hetter gets there. Dram in a last leg decider. And Damon Hetter, for the first time in his PDC career, is a Euro Tour champion here in Gibraltar. That just shows that the best players in the world can succumb to pressure. That Just hearing that again is absolutely incredible. And someone that does play darts myself, I couldn't imagine what on earth was going through their heads. I couldn't imagine feeling that kind of pressure. Uh, but as the president of the PDC, uh, Barry Hearn, would say, pressure is just an excuse. But that... It was a gripping final, and as I said, congratulations to Damon Hitter. And that does set up uh, the draw bracket for the European uh, Championship. Now all the Euro Tour events have taken place. Uh, Damon Hitter uh, will finish as the fifth ranked. And if you go through the draw, where there's top 32 ranked players uh, from all the Euro Tours event, uh, events across the year, there are some absolutely cruel matchups along here absolutely cruel and they're going to be so hard to pick the most notable one for me Nathan Aspinall finalist at the World Grand Prix as I said uh, just a couple of weeks ago he seems to be I think he could actually be playing the best he uh, has been playing in a long time since before his injury anyway he was very close to coming to the New Zealand Darts Masters all these years ago uh, but he had a bit of an injury and then COVID delayed it all but good to see him back in form but he's playing Josh Rock of course the rookie who's been in scintillating form this year as well, a, a youngster, and that one, that is going to be very, very tough to pick at the European Championship. I think that takes place uh, later this month. But this time of year, there is always more darts on the TV. We've got some great gripping events coming up. The Grand Slam will be a beauty on the horizon. Uh, so many Great, great stories have come from that in the past. I think uh, most darts fans would appreciate the uh, most notorious one with Gary Anderson and Girl and Price all those years ago. The bit of argy bargy, you could say, up on that stage. Really looking forward to that. But this is the time of year the players want to be hitting form. Michael Van Gerwen showing a lot of form. Damon Hetter showing a bit of form. He had to beat some... Oh, has, he beat Michael Van Gerwen in the semifinals there, but there were some tough, tough players he had to beat on, on the way to the title. So congratulations to Damon. As I say, Mickey Brock from the Darts Down Under podcast will uh, join us very soon to talk a bit about that and looking ahead to the Oceanic Masters as well. And as I said, it's just me flying solo tonight. Ben Robb will join the program uh, in a probably about... Uh, 30 minutes time uh, when he is definitely back in Auckland uh, to celebrate qualifying for his third PDC World Darts Championship. As I say, any questions you want me to throw up, Ben, call me 0800 150 811 or you can text us double eight double three. of course, at the Yoki. Proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot. Darts, dartboards, lighting and more. The Dart Depot here on SENZ with Ben Francis. It is 11 minutes past nine. Oh boy, hearing that guitar. 
can't wait to see Raymond Van Barneveld performing at those big arenas again where they're absolutely blaring the Dutch just chanting like absolute crazy. Hey Ben, sorry, Mark here. I've been listening to your show while still just watching some highlights of Liverpool and City in studio. But just, just sorry to interrupt, but just I've got a few questions just curious about darts. Um, yeah, mate, fire well, away. We're all about teaching the audience here on Out the Hockey. We all, you know, we all watch the darts and you start off clearly and you 501 and you're clearly going for the triple 20s and the 180s what's the hardest number on the board to hit the double or the triple 1 through 20 is there a particular number that for some reason is deemed to be harder than anything else because of where it's positioned I think some people would probably say I think you'd probably look at more you'd think a double 17 is probably the least common sort of double hit on the board because 34 is just not a number you try leave. Uh, when you're trying to go for the doubles, when you watch them on, when you watch anyone play darts, you'll see that they'll try leave double 20, which is of course your 40, usually double 16 mm. and double 12. And they those are because if you miss, you do not have to split the number. So for example, if you left uh, 36, Double 18. Double 18 and you miss, and then you miss double nine because you hit a single nine, you've got nine left. You can't do really anything with that last start, so I kind of rule, kind of can't use it. And so you have to usually go for a one to set up like a double, double eight. Four. Yeah, for, yeah, du- for double four. So Double four, yeah. Yeah, so it's usually those kind of numbers. Like if you people leave 38 and you miss that double 19 and you hit with a single 19, that gives 19 left. That means, okay, if you had your three darts in hand, you've only got one dart left at the double because you have to hit another yeah. odd number you, to set it up. You might not know the answer to this, and maybe it's you can sort of go away and find it. Has there ever been a player who's been unconventional who rather than going for the double and the triple 20s, has found that triple eighteen is more effective for them. Triple nineteen, well, you know, not quite the same scores, but they've just that's that's their zone. Oh, you, there, there is a guy who. I mean, the, sports always got unorthodox. Yeah, no. Usually, lots of the players do go for um, the, the triple twenty. It's what if you speak to lots of the guys, they'll say, "What are you practice?" And that's usually just throwing at the triple twenty to kind of get that rhythm going. But there's a Latvian player, uh, Madras Razma, uh, and I think this year he has the best conversion rate or he's got the most scores between 171 uh, and 180 so in terms of if you had 171 that would usually be two triple 20s and a triple 17 mm. or three uh, mm. nine triple 19s mm. so he's he's probably been the best at kind of that stuff in terms of numbers what's the threshold of the number the number required so is it 160 150 140 135 where you can where players start thinking and moving away from triple or double 20 usually oh, usually most of the finishers the high finishers will usually require a triple 20 of some sorts cuz that's going to if you need like 170 there's only one way you can go for it if you need 156 mm. there's only one way you can go for it which involves hitting some triple 20s but lots of the players and the the dutch players have started to or the ones that really introduced this for a score like 164 the most common way would be a triple 20 triple 18 bullseye but lots of players are now going to or triple 19 triple 19 bullseye because it's still the two triple 19s, excellent because 114. When does the bullseye, can you finish on a bullseye? Yeah, you can finish on the bullseye, so that equates to 170 finish. But lot, but so, so bullseye's worth 50 though, isn't it? Yep, so correct. if you've got 50 to go, you don't need to still, fin- you can just go for the bullseye and that's it, you don't need to get a double. 
Uh, yeah, that that is that does equate to the double, but it kind of depends how many darts you have in your Good, hand. Because well. that was my next question: Are you rewarded for the bullseye? I mean, you look at sport and you go, most kids pick up a dart, look at the dartboard, and what they're automatically aiming for, they're aiming for the bullseye, aren't they? Yet you're rewarded for the triple twenty. That is the blue ribbon number. Yeah, well, the bullseye is actually really important in the game because it could literally be the difference between leaving a finish and not hitting a finish. So if you were on, uh, off the top of my head, uh, let's say about uh, 190 or 100 or 195, if you hit two triple, if you hit two single 20s, uh, then and you hit another single 20, that would leave you about 135 points. So that would equate to essentially needing to hit two triples to, to or two any could be any two triples you like to kind of win mm. the leg. But if you leave 130, you only need really the one triple 20 because you can hit a triple 20, a single 20, yeah, yeah. and then hit the bullseye. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of yeah, yeah, that yeah. element kind of comes into yeah, it as well. Yeah. And what about has anyone ever gone for th- three darts in the bullseye? Oh yeah, it happens a lot. Simon Whitlock, the Aussie, um, he he, it's kind of one of his little signature shots when he when he's got 150 left, he just goes uh, for the three balls. He eyes it up, which I reckon is his, he hits it. Well, I reckon that's almost it, it. That's the TV. It's the TV shot, isn't it? Oh, it's it's absolutely magical when you see them going for it. You like literally stop it. You know, it's yeah. it's just one of those shots where you're just like, man, that's incredible. Yeah, no, fascinating. Hey, look, thank you for that. No, that's all, that's all good. We're happy happy to give the darting community a bit of knowledge here. Yeah, and text your questions too to Ben, double eight, double three, man. It's cool. It's it's a, it's a fascinating sport. We've all played it. It's no different than cue sports or billiards and pool and eight ball, nine ball, uh, table tennis. We've all picked up table tennis bats at some point. Yeah, exactly. So any questions, fire them through to double eight, double three. And of course, any questions with Ben, definitely fire them through on double eight, double three. He's going to be joining the show very soon. But up next here on At The Yoku, proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot, Dart Start Boards and Lighting and more. The Dart Depot, we're going to be joined by Mickey Brock to look ahead to the Oceanic Masters and talk about Damon Hedder's success at the recent Gibraltar Darts Masters. 26 minutes past nine here on SCNZ at the Elke, proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot, darts, dartboards, lighting and more at the Dart Depot. Thought we'd better open with uh, a Scottish band there, the Ferrellis, to celebrate, I know this is a dart show, but Scotland just beat the West Indies at the T20 Cricket World Cup, so that's pretty impressive, especially when the West Indies have Jason Holder in their side, so congratulations Scotland, first real upset of the tournament probably, absolutely incredible. I'm proud to be joined on the phone by Mickey Brock from Darts Down Under because for many of our local darts players, they're going to have a very big opportunity the next weekend to qualify for the World Darts Championships with the Oceanic Darts Masters. New Zealanders have quite often been able to compete, but of course the last few years uh, COVID has ruled that out. But there's quite a few Kiwis travelling over this coming weekend and uh, Mickey and I are kind of going to run through some of the players to keep an eye out on for that and also discuss Damon Hedges' incredible win at the Gibraltar Darts Masters. Mickey, mate, how are you tonight? Yeah, good day, Ben. How you going, buddy? I'm, I'm doing all right. That's good to hear, mate. Very good to hear. How excited are you for the uh, Oceanic Masters this coming weekend? I'm absolutely buzzing. Uh, the first time in, uh, what, three years that we've had... Uh, an international field being able to get together again, and 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 that's very exciting, uh, just by itself. But um, to to have the the big tournaments back on as well, um, really buzzing for this weekend. 
Yeah, it should absolutely be incredible, and I'm expecting a, a really big player turnout, of course, with a whole lot of Australian players and, and New Zealand players as well, just fighting for one spot at Ali Pali. Yeah, look, it's it's going to be very, very tough, but um, whoever does take the uh, clinch for the, the final spot will know they've had to work incredibly hard just for that privilege. Exactly, and boy, Raymond Smith has already qualified, uh, and of course Damon and Simon, who compete on the PDC, will also be there. So we'll be hoping to add a, another Aussie to the ranks there. Who are some of the uh, guys that we should keep an eye out for? Because I know there are some very talented guys. We might have seen some uh, at the recent uh, Queensland and New South Wales Darts Masters, and there's quite a decent or a really good uh, talent depth there in Australia. Well, it certainly is, um, and, and thankfully um, during lockdowns, uh, everybody kept on practicing because the darts I've been producing has been somewhat sensational, to say the very least. But uh, yeah, Gigi Gordon Mathers, uh, he will be um, having a go at the uh, at the Oceanic. So um, obviously, uh, he, he's been on the PDC circuit after gaining his uh, tour card at Q School. So um, there's a big name to, to watch out for. Um, the likes of um, Matt Mullen, Jeremy Fagg, Steve Fitzpatrick, uh, Robbie Robbie King. I mean, there's there's just so many at the moment that um, that can do it. Tim Pusey, the magnet, um, another one that's uh, more than capable. It's it's going to be a very very strong Australian field, and I believe um, with uh, with the guys and that coming over from uh, from New Zealand. Is it's an absolute plethora of New Zealand talent as well. Yeah, boy, uh, it was it looked absolutely. I don't know if you've kept up with the scores from today, but it looked like an absolutely brutal field. Absolutely, you know, tough. Uh, some of the top guys, you know, Mark Cleaver, uh, Caden Milne uh, didn't make it past the first kind of stage, and then you had a young guy like Jack Shepard, you know, reaching the last eight, and Darren Heroini finding a bit of form again as well, reaching the semi-finals, uh, you know, trying to fight for his first spot at uh, Ali Pali. So I don't know how many of these guys are actually coming over to Australia. Uh, I know some of them are, but I'm well, of course, from my perspective, I'm hoping it's a Kiwi that goes through. Well, as you as you know, I've just um, put it home from uh, from our own show. Um, luckily, the studio is just down the road. But um, I did say I'm going to welcome all of the the Kiwi guys and girls that come over, um, as as I always will. They're, they're a great bunch of uh, lads and lasses, but. Uh, it's an Australian win all the way for me, unfortunately. But... <laughs> well, I can totally understand that. So you're going to give them a, a bit of a wel- welcoming hucker? Mate, I, I have enough trouble speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> people, uh, people think I don't even do that properly. <laughs> uh, just just putting it out there, I think there's a few few other guys over in Aussie that could give it a go. Uh, what about the, the chances of... Uh, we saw uh, Bailey Marsh make his uh, debut, his televised debut, and him and uh, as a, uh, Brandon were over at their recent youth uh, world champs as well, and you know they gave it a good nudge and they played on the uh, on the youth circuit over there as well. They because they had a event on for that as well. So, what do you, what do you kind of th- think about the the current ranks and the depth of Australian darts in terms of these young guys coming through and really pushing some of these guys who have been around the scene for a while? 
It's, it's incredibly strong at the moment, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Brando did actually win a tournament uh, in Portsmouth that uh, Simon Whitlock took him to. Um, so that was a, a very strong field he came through there. I think he beat uh, within the final. Uh, that's a Bailey Marsh, uh, absolute phenomenon. Um, when, he's, uh, when he's on form, he is very, very, very difficult to beat. And um, he's very similar to Corey Cadby in many ways in the fact that he believes in his own ability. And nobody uh, worries him when he steps up to the hockey. Um, that's probably where the, um, the, the similarities end. Uh, Bailey, uh, <laughs> a bit of a bogan, but a great lad. <laughs> Truly a, a great lad. He really is. He's a lovely fella. Um, and I didn't mention those two purely because um, there's, there's a lot of names out there that uh, are going to be feeling the pressure. And, of course, the youngsters coming in for this, um, and we do call them youngsters, um, don't, they don't need any extra pressure, so I, I didn't actually mention their names. Oh, no, that, that's totally fair enough. Totally fair enough, mate. Uh, it's, it's going to be really, really exciting. Uh, how, it's just good having the international players back. It's, it's just brutal, and it, it's really hard to even, when you put all these players together, it could literally come down to it could just be like a little slight advantage in the draw by avoiding a certain player that could see one of these guys get through because you know if you if you were to kind of pick who you think would actually win it regardless they're going to have to overcome a very tough field but it, they might get a little favor come their way or something which could be the difference look i think it's going to be a case of i was at uh, some recent tournaments down in Geelong uh, for the ADC and uh, there Normally in a tournament, you have what they call the board of death. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a really strong board that's, that's randomly picked and thrown together. Down at that particular tournament, every single um, qualifying stage was the board of death. And I expect absolutely nothing less when we get down to Warula Bowls and Recreation Club this weekend. I absolutely believe that the, the amount of talent that's going to be there now that uh, travelling restrictions are, are pretty much up and, and, and over, um, that the, the amount of talent that's going to be turning up, there's not going to be an easy board. It's going to be a case of you miss, I hit. And I honestly think we are in for some stunning tungsten. Every time I seem to play in a darts tournament, I always seem to get the board of death, so I, I know exactly how that feels. But uh, talking about uh, just taking those chances and just uh, missing and hitting doubles, Damon Hedder, boy, yeah, it would have been a bit of a, a it would have been a bit of a nervous wreck this morning waking up and, and seeing that finale. Well, what a what a final, what an yeah. absolute final! And look, they both had their chances, but um, um, I was saying earlier, um, Damo, I think. Um, particularly getting over the likes of Joe Cullen, uh, 6-1. Um, Joe has been a bit of a thorn in his side recently, and um, for him to finally come back, I feel like something has, has clicked in, in between the ears. Now he knows he's got the beating of them. And then to go on and beat the likes of uh, Van Gerwen in a, in a semi-final, who, who turned out to me when I suggested to him that um, you know, he was on the way back. He said, I'm not on the way back, I am back. Um, that is the confidence of Michael Van Gerwen and he's taken him on and he's come back from 4-1, from 5-2 from 6-4 down to take the last three legs in 39 darts 
uh, hitting nine one eighties along the way, absolutely stunning. And then to hold his nerve in the final against Peter Wright, I mean, he's knocked off three of the top sixteen players in the world in quick succession. That is going to do wonders for Damon Hetter, and, and I expect him to do exceptionally well. I know we've got the a European one coming up um, in a couple of weeks' time, but I expect Damo to go very, very deep now in, in the uh, the Grand Slam, and uh, I'm particularly looking forward to seeing how well he does in the Worlds come December. Yeah, great time of the year to hit form because it's just darts, darts, darts uh, for a long way from now to the end of the year, and Damon's drawn on Vincent van der Voort in that first round of uh, the European Championship, and the Grand Slam draw is not done till closer to the time, I believe. I I've I've messaged, messaged Damon, you know, of course, to congratulate him. But I was kind of wondering, do you think part of it? Because it was a bit of a surprise. I I, know, I don't want to be mean saying that because Damon's a top player, but he would probably admit himself he hasn't his form has probably hasn't been there of late. And I wasn't too sure if that was just because he was it was he was just happy coming home after such a long time being away. But he's kind of now got over that hump, and now he's back over there. He's back in the grind of things, and that's probably helped contribute uh, towards uh, the win. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's, um, he was very forward in saying that when he got back to Australia that um, he didn't spend a lot of time on a practice board because he'd not been home for, for close to three years. So it was uh, more important that he caught up and spent time with his family. But uh, it, I think it was quite poignant that um, Peter Wright said um, in his uh, runners-up uh, interview that Damo has been um, unlucky in the fact that um, in a lot of the tournaments he's uh, he's been playing in, he's been drawing the tougher players, and he's been losing by the odd leg here and there. He's been taking it down to a final leg or missing out by the odd one here and there, and and that's um, he, he was going out in in his sort of like first round proper's, which is um, very unlike Damon. He's he's one of these lads that. Um, he, he quietly goes about his business. You, you don't generally get too much um, theatrics from him, uh, apart from when he wins the World Cup of Darts, of course. Um, but um, at the end of the day, I, I just think it was that little that little mental um, thing that that, that that was stopping him. Players seem to be the monkey on his back, and I think he's he's just shoved three of those straight off now. He knows he's got the beating of, of Cullen, of Van Gerwen and uh, Peter Wright. And he, he knew this before, but I think it's finally registered now. And uh, being back, obviously, over in the UK and, and, and going around Europe uh, on, on the tour, um, he's obviously back into that frame of mind and, and obviously he's picking up uh, his practice routines again. So I think it's a little combination of things that's really propelled him to, towards this win. And it's, it's a win we knew was coming. It wasn't a matter of if, it was when. And now he's got this one. I want to see him push on. Mickey Brock, thank you so much for your time tonight. I'm assuming the uh, latest Darts Down Under episode will be up on your Facebook page very, very soon. It will be very, very shortly. Uh, young Mr. Jones will be popping that up uh, on, on our uh, Darts Down Under site. And uh, the interview I did with Bob Harrington is actually on our YouTube site. So if... Um, you want to catch up with that one? Uh, just go to Darts Down Under YouTube. You'll find all the, uh, the interviews there. We will do. Mickey Brock, thank you so much for your time tonight and all the best, and uh, we'll talk again soon, eh? 
Absolute pleasure, mate. Anytime. Mickey Brock there from Darts Down Under. It is uh, 21 minutes away from 10 o'clock here on SCNZ. After the break, we're going to be joined by the man of the moment. It is Big Rig, Ben Robb here on SCNZ. In less than two months' time, Ben Robb will be hearing that again as he walks up to the famous Alexandra Palace stage in London because earlier today, only a matter of hours ago, he qualified for the PDC World Darts Championships for the third time, overcoming an absolutely gruelling field, beating Hopai Puha 8-4 in the final to book his ticket to London. The man has just arrived back in Auckland after a gruelling, gruelling, intense weekend to talk about himself qualifying. Ben, mate, congratulations. We had balloons, we had party poppers, everything ready to celebrate, but of course you're not here, so we'll save that for next time. <laughs> Nah, bro. Um, cheers, Benny. Bro. I'm st- still kind of thinking, and well, I think tomorrow will hit me a bit more. Um, oh, mate, number three. Oh, you know that's why we all play darts, bro. To be there, so to get back to the alley, tell you, man, I'm absolutely stoked. Now, mate, last time I saw you, you had a a uh, a cast on your foot. It wasn't a cast. I can't. Remember. I don't know the name for it. But you you injured moon your boot. foot. Moon boot. That's the word. Uh, on your foot. Have you still got that on? No, 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 no. I took that off on last Friday for the ILT in, in Invercargill. Um, it's still it's still uh, tingly, but uh, you just got to get on with those things. Like the, the moments were too big to kind of let something like that stop me. So I'm glad I was able to kind of just get through it and wear a smaller brace underneath my shoe. So, no, nah, it didn't really be a factor. Oh, it's a show. that ruins my headline then. I was going to come up with some really creative headline, but uh, I'll put that, put that on the back burner. But... Mate, this is going to be a third time going to Alexandra Palace. Does this one mean more to you than the other two, or how, how does this compare? I know you've only you said it's still sinking in, but you know, tell us how you're feeling. Yeah, oh, I mean your debut is always uh, special. Uh, your first time being there, uh, the second time uh, with COVID wasn't ideal preparation leading into it, but like this time around, like I really feel like I'm well more round, like I'm well rounded. I feel. I know my game a lot more. I feel confident. I'm being more consistent in my games. And when I do lose, it's, it's because players are playing at another high standard. So I feel like this time is more exciting because I feel like, I feel like you know, I'm a mid-90s guy average now. And I think you need to be that to even con- compete with those boys over there. So uh, all things going well, eh? Uh, it's hope for an upset. <laughs> yeah, well, you had, you had an average of 96 in that final. We've had a message come through here, and they were saying, what has been one of your big work-ons? Because uh, I think you, uh, it was a, a couple of tournaments ago, you, you've been hitting some really big finishes at key moments as well, and I think in the final you had a one four four off the top of my head as well. Yeah. So you're kind of getting those big finishes that seem to be becoming a bit of a part of your game. Yeah, oh, I call those Warren Perry moments, bro. Um he, whenever I was coming up and whenever I was pushing at the top, he would just hit a big finish at the right time. So um, I guess learning that is holding your bottle and when you have to do it and you want to, like, if you want to be the best in the country and you want everyone chasing you, then you have to do, you know, that, that big boy stuff. And 
I feel like the whole year I've been doing that big boy stuff, and in the moments that count, when I have to do something amazing, I've been I've been doing it and not hoping, but backing my ability because of my consistency. So, mate, like, yeah, I just even from as soon as I started this morning, I played John Haring. Oh, I played Stu Irwin first game five nil, and then I played John Haring five nil, and I just knew from then if I could start that early in the morning playing like that, I was going to go well and. Yeah, yeah, didn't drop many legs on the way to the final, and mate, yeah, it's still kind of. I feel like I'm rambling because like it's still kind of surreal. <laughs> mate, you can you can ramble all you like, mate. You're a, you're an absolute superstar player. Uh, I guess I guess the next question is: Are you happy you don't have to travel to Australia this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I think Lana's sleep for that too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you can build. I'll be on my birthday this weekend too. Um, being home with the kids. Oh, you know, at that, those moments, and you know, as, as I'm getting older and I'm growing my family, and those are the moments, you know, that you want to be around as much as you can because darts takes up so much, so much of my time. So, nah, I'll be good. I, I was thinking about going to Dunedin. Still don't know yet on the Saturday, but um, yeah, I might just want to enjoy this moment. I reckon with the family. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait for the birthday invitation as well in my inbox very soon. Uh, <laughs> right, so, of course, you've you'd already qualified for the World Darts Federation World Champs, and I don't think the date has been confirmed for that. So, by qualifying for the PDC, does that rule you out from competing uh, in the WDF yeah. ones? Yeah, yeah, can't play in both. So, um, as you know, it'll always be a dream to play at Lakeside and put my name amongst you know the New Zealand greats that have played at Lakeside. Um, yeah, it's just you know the the prize money and the and the the, the you know the the um oh, what's the word I'm looking for when everyone's looking at you, you know what I mean you get a lot more publicity playing for the PDC so as much as I want to play Lakeside um, the Ali Pally is always the number one goal and unfortunately I just can't play Lakeside this year and hate, I hate to let New Zealand Dark Council down on that end because you know they've been so good to me. And, but I just have to be true to my goals, and and, they, and hopefully they understand, you know, the you know the you know the kind of levels to it. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is tough, but you know the opportunity to be back at Ali Pally again, and who knows who you can play, mate? You could end up playing one of these really informed players on the PDC stage, and you know really showcase your skills. Uh, yesterday, oh, oh sorry, on Saturday down in Dunedin, I think you got knocked out early on in the day but you ended up winning yep. on Sunday and absolutely uh, I don't want to be I sound mean saying this but it was a bit of a one-sided final against Hopi so did that did that give you the the confidence and the belief heading into that into today yeah 100% um, losing to uh, Jack Jack knocked me out on Saturday and he played he played brilliant darts to be fair and you know I was kind of sitting around watching other people that play darts and that's been quite like quite uncommon for me this year. I've never really been sitting down that early in the, in the day. So sitting there and I was talking to Stu Irwin about like maybe not playing Sunday, getting a rest day, uh, and then coming in on Monday a bit more fresher. And then I credit to Stu, you know, he's a, he's a, he's competing himself. And he looked at me and he goes, he's like, you're a dart player, mate. Play darts. You're not playing well today. Come in with, come in with confidence and come in Monday with some confidence behind you. And, you know, like that's what I love about New Zealand darts. Uh, we all have our own goals, but we all pick each other up to um, get the best, you know, because out of everyone. So that was just cool for Stu to say that. And I listened to it, it made sense to me and found my form again on Saturday and uh, on the Sunday. And on the Sunday final was tough because 
me losing that final would have meant Hopai Puha would be in the World Cup team, and me winning that game made Warren Perry uh, the number two spot for the World Cup. So, so far, uh, no no player of um, no player gets a tour card at the World Cup team next year would be me and Warren Perry. So, it had a lot it had a lot on the line, and I think we both kind of played that in the final because there was so much going on. Yeah, mate. It's I, I, honestly, mate. I'm really, really. Uh, you know, happy for you. Just reaching the stage again, and this was seeing lots of these guys. Uh, you know, of course, you've done the show with me, and we've seen Hopi play really good darts this year up on stage. When we've spoken to Darren about him fighting Darren Hiddewini, uh finding a bit of form again. Some of these guys are going to be heading over to Australia. Who who do you think is the one Kiwi to keep an eye out for at the Oceanic Masters? Of course, at this current moment, you're the only Kiwi going to compete in the PDC World Champs, but you could be joined by another one. Uh, who could earn this qualification next week? Yeah, um, of you know, that's the obvious hope. I he, he's hungry, but I think um, I think Darren Darren's really kind of finding his game again after his hand injury. Uh, he kind of had a bit of flair about him this weekend. He kind of just fell off against Hope I, and that's just inconsistency in his year, you know, for what it is. And I think I think he's up for something special. I think he's got the game to kind of. You know, upset the Aussies because he he plays with that fire. And mate, I'd be stoked for any one of those boys. I mean, Alan Scaman's playing well. He didn't have a good weekend, but he's playing great darts across the board. All the boys going over there are more than capable of of winning that Oceanic, and it's good that we the boys are going over and we're having representation on the Oceanic because the last two years they've just given it to an Australian. So I wish the boys all the luck. I'll be messaging them and. And giving them calls, huh? get them up. I would go, I would go, mate, but I just got because uh, yeah, got a family, so yeah. No, no cool. I think I think we're going to make some noise. It's totally understandable, mate. And uh, just really, really quickly, you can give a quick shout out to uh, the sponsors behind you. Uh, there's one sponsor you have to give a bit more of a shout out to because they also sponsor the show. Oh, bro, Em and Andy at the Dart Depot. Oh, amazing. Uh, DPNZ. Um, oh, mate, I, mate. You, you put me on the spot, Ben. I'm going to have to put a post up or something like that. Can I just say, mate, it's been awesome talking about this with you on the chair and, and backstage uh, in, that, in that booth that we do the show in. And, you know, I've told you my dreams, mate. We kind of share that together. And um, I wish I was in the room having a beer with you, mate, because, um, mate, it's been pretty cool, bro. So well, I'm real stoked. We've got about a minute, mate. But uh, are you going to be here in two weeks' time? That's that's the main question. That's it, we, Like I say, every time you're not here, the text machine goes, where's Ben, where's Ben? And I'm thinking, I've explained this, but they still come <laughs> They still come through, and I'm, I feel a bit hurt. But uh, are you going to be here in the next show? <laughs> I will definitely be there, mate, and and we'll make it something special too, mate. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there, bro. Oh, I don't know what to say, man. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of surreal, Benny. No, nah, no, that's all good, mate. That's all the time we got. But Ben, Rob, massive congratulations to you qualifying for your third PDC World Darts Championship. Uh, we'll let you go celebrate with the family, mate. Absolutely awesome effort. Really proud of you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, bro. Ben, Rob, there. I think that's his first interview since qualifying for the PDC World Darts Champs. Just awesome. Really good to see uh, Ben going to be back up on that stage. Uh, it'll be his third time there, and it will be in December. Just can't wait to see him up there. But that's all the time we got for here on At The Oki. Proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot. Darts, dartboards, lighting, and more. The Dart Depot. Ben Robb should be back here in two weeks' time. Our next show will be on the 31st of October. Thanks for listening in.